Well, welcome back to the Walk as Jesus Walk podcast series. And in today's message, we're going to focus on how Jesus used the fig tree as an illustration within his teachings. So, for instance, in chapter 13 of the Gospel of Luke, he gives us this example. A man had a fig tree that was planted in his vineyard. He went to look for fruit on it, but didn't find any. So he said to the keeper of the vineyard, Look, for the past three years I've come to search for fruit on this fig tree, and I haven't found any. Therefore, cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Well, the man replied, Sir, leave it alone again this year until I dig around it and I fertilize it. And if it bears fruit next year, fine. But if not, you can cut it down. Well, it's no coincidence that for the three years of Jesus' earthly ministry before his death, that he found the religious people of that day, the Jews, making great claims about being God's people, but they bore no fruit. After Jesus' crucifixion, we know that the Jews never changed as they continued in their way, not bearing fruit, and therefore their way was the same as the fruitless fig tree and was cut down in the end. Now, another example comes from Matthew chapter 3, as it says, When John the Baptist saw these fruitless trees coming out to be baptized by him, and now he's talking about the religious Jews, he said, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit then in keeping with repentance. And do not presume to say to yourselves, Hey, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe lies ready at the root of the trees. And every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Not I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me will come one more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not even worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire, his winnowing fork in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather his wheat into the barn. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Now, It is because of the religious-minded people back then that John the Baptist said what he said. And it's no different today. It's because of the religious-minded people of today that those who simply claim to be God's people, today as Christians, back then as Jews, that Jesus gave us a warning in Matthew 7. He said, Beware of false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. Now, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit. And a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down 
and thrown into the fire. So then by their fruit, you will recognize them. Now, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who does the will of my Father in heaven, Jesus said. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles and do many other things? Didn't we go to church every Sunday? Didn't we read our Bibles? Weren't we good Christians? And then I will plainly tell them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Mark 11 gives us another example using the fig tree. One day, while leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, meaning that there were leaves on it, he went to see if there was any fruit on it. But when he reached it, he found nothing on it except the leaves, since it was not the season for figs. Well, then he said to the tree, may no one ever eat of your fruit again. And his disciples heard this statement. Matthew 21 tells us when the disciples saw this, they marveled and they asked, how did the fig tree wither so quickly? Now, here's a little bit more information about fig trees. A fig tree will bear fruit typically three to four years after it's planted. And if you remember that in the parable that the fig tree did not bear fruit for three years, and that, oh, well, let us use our, our fertilizer and see if we can cause it to grow fruit, fruit next year. Don't cut it down yet. And if it doesn't, then you can cut it down. There's your three to four years. And they waited to the fourth year. And in that illustration, it emulates exactly what the Jews were doing, and they never changed. Fig trees will bear fruit as early as May. And in some areas, they'll continue to, to bear fruit all the way through November. Now, the fig tree leaves and the figs will typically grow at the same time. Therefore, if a fig tree is covered with leaves, as the one that Jesus came upon, it can be assumed that it has fruit as well. However, remember, it said it was not the season, but there is what's called the, the Breba crop. And the Breba crop comes from some fig trees, and it means that these trees will produce fruit twice a year, once in the spring, and then again in the fall. Now, the Breba crop, it develops on the old wood of a common fig tree during spring after the fig leaves emerge. So remember, Jesus came upon a tree that he thought might have root on it. So understanding more about what a fig, fig tree has and what it doesn't have and when it produces fruit and when it doesn't produce fruit helps us to better understand why Jesus said what he said. So in Mark 11, Jesus came upon the fig tree in the spring. Well, it was typically too early for figs to be present, even in full leaf. Thus, it appeared this fig tree may be bearing its fruit out of season, which can happen with the Reba crop. Thus, Jesus cursed the tree because outwardly it appeared there may be fruit to eat, 
but he found the tree barren. This same analogy applies to many who claim to be Christians and claim to be in Christ. Outwardly, through living a very religious life based on whatever their church deems as an acceptable practice to have Christian values and to live a Christian life, they only have the appearance that they bear fruit. However, like the barren fig tree, they bear no fruit because inwardly they remain separated from the true vine. No different when the Jews thought that they were sons of Abraham, they're God's people. And John the Baptist told them, well, you know what? God could raise up his people from the stones. And he could do the same with people who claim to be in Christ. He will choose who listens to his words. Now, Paul wrote in 2 Timothy 4, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, that you preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and encourage with every form of patient instruction. For the time will come when men will not tolerate sound doctrine or the preaching of the truth, the word, which a lot of people think is the interpretation of some doctrine or some dogma. But yet we know that the word of God is alive. It comes directly from Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. And it cuts like a two-edged sword. And so it says with itching ears that these people will gather around themselves teachers to suit their own desires. So they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. And if you go and listen to Congress pulpits every Sunday and some on Saturday all around the world, you'll hear them teaching all kinds of myths, all kinds of man-made assumptions, uh, debating, arguing, apologizing, and going through all of this information because people want to hear this because it tickles their ears. And their itching ears want this information because it's what they desire. But those who are truly in Christ, they desire the truth. In John 15, 16, Jesus tells us, you know, you did not choose me. And many people say, I chose Jesus. I went to church because I chose him. I wanted to follow him. I wanted to be his child. But Jesus said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. And I appointed you to go and do what? Bear fruit. Fruit that will remain. So that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Thus, because he chooses those, because Jesus chooses those who are going to be in his kingdom, and through the power of his Holy Spirit, he produces the fruit in their lives, then if we remain in him, we will bear fruit. Now, a lot of people say, well, that's, you know, Jesus never said that we had to remain in him, that once we're in him, we're always in him, and no matter what we do, uh, nothing can separate us from God. Well, that's true. 
nothing can pull us away from God except for our own selves. And we can walk back into this world. But if we remain in him, Jesus said, we will bear fruit. Now, I quote Jesus when I say, if we remain in him. In John 15, 4, he said, remain in me and I will remain in you. Now, if there wasn't a choice in the matter, why would he say that? But he said it because it is our choice. You know, he chooses us, but we, we have to make the choice to either hear the call and sacrifice all and follow him or live up to our own desires or want to find another way, a different way. So that's why when Jesus said, remain in me and I'll remain in you, it matters. Just as no branch, he said, can bear fruit by itself. You cannot bear fruit unless you remain in Jesus. And he says, no branch can bear fruit by itself unless it remains in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain. Why would he say this? Unless you remain in me. So if you do not remain in me, you will not bear fruit. I mean, it makes perfect sense what Jesus is saying. But yet many will try to teach around this and say, well, no, what Jesus meant was this or that. I think it's pretty clear what Jesus meant. And in John 15, 7, he says again, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now, there will be much more said in the, in a future podcast that will focus specifically on Jesus being the true vine. So let's move on. It says, therefore, we must not take for granted our place in Christ. We should never take for granted our place in Christ. We must remain in him. And that is the daily part of our lives taking up our cross to follow him daily. And this does not mean that we can simply be a churchgoer and expect that we're all in him and that all is well. Anyone can go to church. Satan can go to church. But it's only those who are in Christ and remain in him that will bear fruit. Or moreover, to keep those who do remain in him spiritually healthy, because once we're in him, we're, we're actually told that we'll bear fruit. We must bear fruit. That's what Jesus told us to do. What, what keeps us spiritually healthy? Well, it says in chapter 15 in John, the Father himself prunes each branch connected to the true vine. Hence, every time those who are in his body, the church, not a church somewhere scattered around the world, but the body of Christ, anytime they sacrifice their time, any resources, any finances, the Lord sees this and he'll bless them with even more fruit in these areas because he sees the sacrifice of his followers. Now, Jesus told this parable in the Gospel of Luke. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourself and know that summer's near. 
Remember, this was the season when the fig tree produces its fruit. So also, when you see these things happening, and he's talking about the things that are the signs of his second coming, when he's going to return, know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you this, that the, this generation that sees this will not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. But then he goes on and he says later, keep watch, watch yourselves, or your hearts will be weighted down by this dissipation, which means any act of self-indulgence or drunkenness and the worries of life. Because these things will weigh you down. And that day, that we're supposed to be waiting for and watching for will spring upon you suddenly like a snare. For it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the earth. No one's going to escape this. So keep watch at all times and pray that you may have the strength to escape all that is about to happen and to stand before the Son of Man. Remain in him. Persevere. That's what Jesus is telling us. Remember what happened to those who are represented by the seeds of the sower when he planted the seeds and it landed among the thorns. These are those who hear the word. But as they go on their lives and in all living in this world, um, things are happening in their lives. They may be going to church. They may be good Christians. They're going on their way living their lives every day in this world, well, they become choked out by the worries, by the riches, and the pleasures of this life. And their fruit does not mature, and therefore they are unfruitful. Now, we know how Jesus feels about the tree branches that are unfruitful. He said that, uh, same thing John the Baptist said, that perhaps is that the the base uh, of the tree, ready to cut down all those trees. And the ones that bear no fruit will be cut up together and thrown into the fire. Only the ones that are bearing fruit, not that bore fruit before or uh, wants to bear fruit in the future, those that are bearing fruit will be eternally saved. Thus, in closing, it's essential everyone who claims to abide in him to walk as Jesus walked. Now, we must learn what Jesus taught by way of the fig tree. We must bear fruit and we must keep watch for the return of our Lord can happen anytime. And all the while, we must continue to seek to walk as Jesus walked.